This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. of the High Hopes Podcast. It is one week and one day from the Phillies, like the most anticipated Phillies season in a freaking decade, Jack Fritz. We're there, buddy. How you doing, pal? I know, and I've officially reached the point, James. Happens every spring where I can no longer watch. I need it to be over, and I need to get the season started because I'm just jonesing that much. Now, I will say that Mickey Moniak and Bryson Stott are are keeping my interest very peaked as I don't know about you, James, and this might seem like a bold, bold take or maybe, maybe, maybe maybe, you've gotten yourself into trouble with such things in the past. Maybe jumping the gun too much here, but I legitimately think that Bryson Stott is going to be the next player in baseball to hit 400 in the season. Oh my God. Is that too much? Yeah, I think so. Sure, though. I mean, that guy. Add it to the list, buddy. Add it to the list. When he does it, you remember this moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If he hits 300, I'll remember this moment. Oh, big dude. If he doesn't hit 300, I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we've been down this road before. There's been lots of threats to quit the pod in years past. This one's dead <laughs> yeah. serious, though. This, this one is. real. Yeah, this, this is how I really mean it. A lot of pressure on a rookie, Bryson. A lot of pressure on you, buddy. Yeah, but I mean, you're betting 550 in the spring, so you figure 300 should be no problem, right? I mean, yeah, it's called a downgrade. You know, <laughs> both Ranger and Bryson Stott. You know, they're gonna come down from their 155 ERA to a 25 ERA. Bryson Stott's gonna come down from his 533 average to a clean. 405 average. Mickey is going to lead the team in home runs. Would you say, if you were ranking the best left-handed hitters on the team right now, would it go Bryson, Mickey, Harper, Schwarber? I mean, I'd probably Mickey, Bryce. Wow. Uh, Bryce. Anti-Stott. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it's not anti-Stott. It's just pro-Mickey. <laughs> it's not an anti-Stott take at all. I mean, it's, you know. You know, there's one guy who's worn a high hope shirt. I think he's the best player in the history of the sport. That's what I look at. You're damn right, pal. But uh, <laughs> no, it's been, uh, dude, just having baseball. And now it's. Oh, it's, it's, Mick, what? Mick, baby. Why not Mick, buddy? The hashtag can never die. That's a that's just oh. a fact. I tried to lay I tried to lay off it because I I gen, like honestly James I I felt bad when he came up last year because I felt like I put like way too much expectations on him to like take the center field job and run with it and I think he was pressing a lot because of that pressure that I feel like I put on him so my my strategy this year was just like hey let the kid go play but now he's going off and I'm not gonna let someone else try to take the hashtag that's this this podcast is hashtag so it's well, been, agreed yes so, I, I, I will say what? I don't know if there's anyone I'm gonna say in the history of time I'm gonna go that far wow. who, who, who has such a inflated influence of, of their ability to influence things it is it's pretty amazing Jack 
It really is. Wow, you don't you don't buy that? I I feel that. No, that maybe he was pressing because of you. No, yeah, I you're think right. no, I no. I think he was pressing because of the expectations that were placed on him and the hashtag and everyone. Because of you, got it, got it, got it. Cool. It's a cool. real cool. roundabout way to, su- <laughs> to suggest that yes. So my strategy. We are off and running. We're already, We don't even. The season's already started, as far as I'm concerned. We are in peak regular season form right now. We are just rolling. Yeah, because they haven't played a game yet. That's the the main <laughs> the main reason. Just, just wait for the first. Yo, it is. Uh, hey, 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 <laughs> hey! That's not happening this year. Just None of you. those this year. No. That's the goal. No, the, the, a- I've already decided that the best part about this Philly season coming up is that nothing's going to go wrong. Like it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's going to be my like, listen. There'll be, there'll be losses, but I I just. Have this feel. There's not going to be. There's not going to be many feels like a losses this year. Okay. Good. 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 Your hopes aren't too high. You know the, Dude, the name I, of the podcast is appropriate right now. I will say this. Maybe the first time ever. The name of the podcast is incredibly appropriate. I will say this. This is probably the most I've set myself up to get disappointed. <laughs> I think that's very clear. I problem. was a. I was a guest on a podcast the other night and. Like oh. they, they, I know. Name, I know. name dropper, big time dropper, whatever you call it. Got it. Cool. Well, yeah, because your DMs aren't open. Thanks um, for inviting. Oh, good point. I was about to say thanks for inviting me up onto your podcast. No, I got cornered. I got cornered. I might, I might have gotten invited and just never saw it. <laughs> no, I got cornered in Chipotle to go on this podcast. They, I was at Chipotle. Really? Yeah. That's a yeah. real like a in person corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm being kind of sarcastic but i really was they, <laughs> they, they really were like in chipotle like you gotta come on the podcast like facetime okay. his, he facetime his friend to get me on the podcast so wow. listen if you want to like if you want to have me on your podcast find me at the local food place and i'll say yes um <laughs> <laughs> no but uh yeah they kept asking me like what do you think about the rotation bullpen uh uh lineup i i I was like halfway through it, and I was like, I feel like I'm pegging this team to win no less than 100, and, <laughs> like 105 games. Like, I am so, I like, I could not be more in on this team, I, James. I kid you not. It, every time the lineup gets posted, like, I, 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 I have to double check if it's real. Like, I just, I just start getting all giddy inside. I mean, the the first six is just stupid. It's, it's, it is, it is absurd. So, um, yeah, we can, we can a day away. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll be, we'll be down there. So, uh, if you're heading down, uh, we'll, we'll definitely tell, we'll, we'll, we'll do a podcast next week, but. Oh yeah. We're not going to not do Yeah. We will do a pod. We'll do a pod before the first game. And then obviously we'll do a Sunday wrap up of the first series, obviously. Um, yes, we will do a pod like probably Thursday, I guess. Cause Wednesday we likely going to be on with Joe Giglio. We'll see how that goes, but potentially look for the high hopes hour yep. on Joe Giglio's show Wednesday night, but probably a Thursday, Eva, the season pod. That mm. sounds, I mean, it sounds like a must, right? So right. yeah, we'll tell you where we'll be and when we'll be down there and all that. And uh, when are we doing the all time Phil's draft? Is that, <laughs> that's the, that's the pod after the Sunday one. The next one after that is the all time Phil's draft. So just a couple pods away. I got we, my draft board. It's all ready to go. Yeah. We, we, we promise. Spoiler alert: Mike Schmidt's first on the draft board. I'm just telling you. I'm just mm, throwing that out there. It's the only thing I'll give away. Just letting you know. Number one on my draft board. But yeah, we'll see. We'll get there though. Don't right. worry. Don't worry. That's a tease right there. That was a tease for the next. In in, in more ways than one, Jack. For the next lockout. The next in five years from the next lockout. It's a happens. tease, and it's a tease. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, all right, let's get into it because Jack, I'm with you, man. Like I see you among others tweet out the lineup on a consistent basis. And it, it really is like, cause I was thinking about this the other day, how, like how, and you know, a little sad, but I think about how excited we got in 2019, you know, when Harper came about the lineup and then last season about the lineup and boom and this and Didi, you know, this is going to be one of the best lineups in baseball. And, oh, they're, they're, yeah, maybe the Dodgers are better, but but only the Dodgers. No one else in the National League can compete with this. Oh, oh, like I think about it. I'm like, what were we talking about, man? Like, what were we talking about? Because now we actually have a real one of the best in baseball. It's like, now I say it. And I'm like, what was I thinking before? How could I possibly have thought that that lineup was one of the best in baseball when I see this lineup and see that it's possible, Jack Chris? Yeah, and you know what I say? when I, I, I James, I have the same exact thoughts. And in my head, I say, why did anyone listen to this podcast? I know, I know, I know. Like, what a bunch of idiots. Like, they, we... We led this poor fan base so astray when you looked well, at real quick, real quick. Yes. We did, but I would say one of us, maybe a bigger culprit in said thing. Oh, Just so saying. so now my influence matters. <laughs> but when we're talking about the center fielder that I started hashtag for that came on this podcast that was tasked with coming up and saving the center field job, that's when my influence is not that overblown. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. we'll make sure we're on the same page there. <laughs> <laughs> this lineup's real, Jack. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, like I can't wait to watch this team match. And they're even matching in spring training. Like it's just like, yep, here we go. This is gonna be great, dude. The, dude, it's like it's so funny. Every game, there's like, hey, here's three homers minimum. You know, like like oh, and I feel like they're they're almost uh, doing. I feel like the uh, the '90s Braves uh, rotation thing, where it's like I'm gonna hit this one further than yours. You know, like Harper hits his. I don't know. 470 feet today Hoskins went 450 the other day like they are they are hitting tanks on top of uh just hitting like you know normal home runs so yeah it's just I feel like every the I feel like the first 10 minutes of every podcast is gonna be like wow this team mashes like it's not even, <laughs> even like like it's not even it's not even hyperbole at this point like they are ridiculous and it's just like you know <laughs> I feel like and I think Bryce is unbelievable, but it's like Castellanos is 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 such a professional barrel finder type of hitter that's like I can't believe that's we added that to our lineup. I can't believe that it's not only just Schwarber, who I think is gonna take down the the leadoff role very well until Bryson Stott is is a hundred percent ready for it, but um <laughs> like it's it's Castellanos and then Hoskins behind him, who Hoskins I thought last year was a really, really good uh, runs runs batted in guy. Like I thought he was good at getting guys in when needed to get guys in. It wasn't like like poor Harper had like 16 home runs and 16 RBIs. So um, you know, it's just it's it's an insane lineup. JT looks great. DD looks like he's poised for a bounce back season. Uh, I, I mean, imagine getting that. And then Stadi and and I don't know. It's just like. I'm so, so in on them, and I can't see any of them having it down here. Yeah, they're all going to be great. <laughs> they're, they're all going to be great. We're good. Everyone's going to be have a career year. This team's going to have 500 homers this season. It's going to be special. They're going to score be 850 then. runs, yeah. Yeah, I, I think they might break 1,000. I know it's never happened. I think they're going to be the first. You why know? not? Why not? Why not us? Why not? 
All right, let's get into some specifics. Um, the Stott thing, like, I think it's pretty clear the way he's played this spring. Like, I don't, like, you never know with the prospects and the young guys and the service time and all oh. that. But it seems seems pretty likely that Bryson Stott's going to be the opening day lineup. Your thoughts on, obviously, we know where you stand, Stott, but your thoughts on what it means. The fact that Alec Bohm not going to be in the opening day lineup. And Alec Bohm, a real threat to be sent down to AAA, I would say, at this point. Um, where are you at with Boehm, Stott, the whole thing? Yeah, so uh, where I'm at is this team has a 11-year playoff drought. They just spent $170 million in free agency or whatever. Uh, they need to end this thing, and you can't have a guy up here playing third base that can't field the ball and is currently struggling to hit fastballs. And like The, the most telling thing for me was openly talking about it the other day, about how his, his struggles with the fastball, and, the, and he, he, he said to himself, I know I can hit fastballs. And when he, I feel like when an athlete says that, he's really, really in his own head because you know all he's thinking about is fastballs, fastballs, fastballs. Like, hit a fastball. Like, do it. Uh, I've done it my whole life. Why can't I do it now? So I thought that was actually a really telling quote. So um, I just think that they are in a position now, like, sure, is it going to possibly hurt Bones' development? Uh, would I like to have him up here working with Kevin Long, who – um, you know, seems like he's doing really good work with a lot of the players so far. And I, I know Girardi talked today about how Alec is is working his tail off to get this thing right. You know, I think there is value in in having him up here and with with Kevin Long. Um, but also, if he's in AAA, then the pressure is obviously way off him, and he can kind of get right without you know forty five thousand eyeballs on him and whoever is is watching at home. So. Uh, I think Stott has to be here just from the standpoint of we got to win from day one. Like, you got to set that tone early. And I know there's a concern, like, well, they did the same thing with Kingery, and they, they gave him the contract, and they brought him up here, and, and he, you know, was was playing out of position. It's like, I get that. But he also had never played shortstop before. They made him a shortstop. He, they made him a third baseman. They made him a center fielder, which he never played before. Bryson's played every infield position on the field besides first base. Like, he's played plenty of games at third, short, second base. He can play them all. Uh, so he, he'll, he'll feel comfortable there. And you see the approach. Like, Kingery never had the approach Stott has. Like, Kingery was an aggressive attack, go, doubles in the gap. And he got, he got a little launch happy. Bryson works pitchers, knows when to attack, and can spray to all fields. Obviously, you would like a third baseman with a little bit more pop. And I think that as he continues to mature and develop, we'll, we'll see He's never going to be a 30-homer guy, but, you know, a couple 20-homer seasons out of Bryson Stott. So, um, I just they, – they they've invested too much in this team to bring a guy north that has struggled so much as Boehm has, both defensively and offensively. And, and frankly, like, I mean, Stott's batting 533. It's, it's ridiculous. Plays good third-base defense. Um, it honestly just helped the team so much from that standpoint, having a shortstop range at third base to cut off balls that DD can't get to anymore in the hole. That's a massive, uh, increase as well. So, uh, I'm glad that Bryson kind of went out and took the job and, and made the decision easier. Uh, it's unfortunate how Bohm has been hitting so far. I thought he was starting to put together some good at bats. He had a, had a good hit today. Um, but ultimately I would. You know, there's 28 men to start the roster. You can have 28 guys up, so it's not like the end of the world if he's on the roster. Um, But he can't start opening day. It has to be Bryson Stott. Can you hear that? Uh, I can hear you now. Okay, I didn't know if you could hear that. So all of a sudden, I didn't touch anything. My iTunes on my computer went on and started playing Big Pun. 
Hey. So yeah, the, not a player threw me off there for a second. Wow. I didn't know if you could hear it, so you couldn't hear it. It was just me hearing. It. Could not hear it. No. Okay. Well, so, I just heard big bun, guys. In case you're wondering, at the very end of your point. Well, I, um, I, I have it marked. So I can take this out. So I said. <laughs> so I said. Uh, no, it's funny. It's funny. Who cares? I think it's funny. Okay. Well, listen. Maybe I'll keep it. Yeah. Leave it in. Leave it in. That's what I said. Wow, sounds like a demand. It's more of a thought. Okay. I think the listeners like it. You know, we're we're people, Jack. Yeah. Not everything's going to be perfect. It's not just going to be some edited magic. We 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 do it real. We do it live. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, we're, we're not re- I mean, we're doing it live, but people aren't hearing it. Live. Right. So, um, look, I'm I'm psyched about Bryson Todd too. I do think the defensing really does matter. <laughs> you know, obviously, we heard so many people freak out about how bad the defense is going to be, and it's going to be really, really bad. But having a, a uh, you know, anyone at third other than Bohm who can play the position is going to is gonna help. Like, it really will help. And, and any little bit helps defensively. Like, where are you at on Bohm himself? Like, you know, this is someone who two years ago went, what, bad at what, 338 or mm-hmm. something as a rookie? You know, like, we were all, this guy was the third pick in the draft. Like, we were all in on this guy as a hitter. You know, we were like, you know what, we get it bad defensive player probably ends up at first base or dh down the road or whatever but like the dude's gonna hit he's gonna hit he's gonna be a, a 300 type hitter in that range like he's someone who's gonna find a way adjust in and at bat all that stuff we used to say like what happened man like what happened and what's the future where are you at with bone i i hate to say it i think it's a change of scenery and i know that oh i, did, I just feel like man. that that's happened so much with our prospects, and it's something that has to change. And hopefully, Bryson is the first one. And hopefully, Mickey can kind of change the narrative on him. Um, but it just looks like a change of scenery guy. You know, it seems like he's in his own head. Uh, he's struggling against fastballs. Defense is still not there. Uh, he looks like he's just. It looks like he's trying to win the job every single at bat, and every time he gets out, it just snowballs. And it seems like he's. It seems like he's taking it all very, very hard. And it looks like, to me, a, a change of scenery, you know, unfortunately. I mean, like, they, they, they were shopping out in Hazley for weeks, and they got a guy who had a worse ERA than me in college. Like, you know, that's probably not the best uh, the best kind of trade package to get for, for a former number eight overall pick or whatever in the draft. So it's happened too much with these guys. Spencer Howard's another one. Spencer Howard, Hazley, and Bohm all getting to the big league level and not progressing in their careers is not great. So, you know, there's obviously new new people down the minor leagues. There's there's Kevin Long at the big league level. There's Caleb Cotham and and Cressy and, and stuff like that. So it seems like they are definitely working to correct that, but it doesn't mean that the situation now is not the situation now. And, and for me, I, 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 it looks like a change of scenery guy. Hopefully they can have a package with him and some prospects and, and get another starter in here because I do think that that's I, – I, the rotation on paper I think is fine. It's just I don't trust it to – with the, with the season and shortened spring training and not being fully stretched out, I just have a fear of pitcher injuries. And especially like they're starting their season with 13 straight games without an off day. So that's a quick start. Um, so I, I just think he looks like a change of scenery guy. And, you know, it's, a, it's unfortunate that we're here, but that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, it's a massive bummer. Uh, good news, though. I did not just hear a big pun there. So we're heading in the right direction from a potting perspective. But right. massive, massive bummer about, uh, about Alex Bohm. That was someone who I think, you know, we really believe was going to be part of the future of Phillies baseball. And I I'm with you. Like I, 
you know, it does feel like it might not work here. And that's a, it's a real bummer. You mentioned someone else when talking about the shortstop third base thing. And you were like, Oh, if we can get a bounce back season from Thede looking good. And he has looked better in spring training, you know, at least from a power perspective, the average has not been there. Um, but you know, do you really like, where do you stand on Didi? I mean, there's a guy who was a really solid to good, uh, baseball player for, a you know, multiple years. And then, you know, has the injury, comes back as a nice year at the Phillies and then and becomes like one of the worst starting players in baseball last season. I mean, a, an absolute disaster, both defensively and, and particularly offensively. Look, I know he's only 31. So from that perspective, you know, it wouldn't be crazy to see him have a down year and come back and he's hurt and all that. But what makes you bullish on the, the hope, at least, that, that he could get back to looking like the guy we saw in 2020? So I just, um, you know, the bat looks looks quicker to me he looks like he's having fun again and even the defense it's a ball bounced up on him it was hard hit the other day uh so he looks just he just looks healthier i i don't think we'll have a, a high average dd year um he's just so he's just so pole dominant but i i just don't think he'll be one of the worst players of baseball i mean i know that's like uh <laughs> <laughs> what a bold day yeah i know I, I don't like dude i'm not sitting here saying i think he's gonna be back in like all-star form but I just don't think he's going to be a disaster this year. I think there's a lot of people. And I, I guess I was in that camp of like, oh, I got to get Didi out of here no matter what. I just, there's still a path to him being a useful player here. That's that's my thing. I don't, dude, he's batting like <laughs> seventh or whatever or or eighth. Like it's not it's not the end of the world. And there's there's like, well, there's talk of moving Didi off a of shortstop, you know, possibly playing at third base. I don't see him playing second base. I just think that for this team, you know, let Didi play short for one more year before Stott gets back up and, and play shortstop. I I would trust Stott playing third more just from the standpoint of, um, you know, having shortstop range at third base would be nice. And honestly, you know, if you have Stott that's able to cover more of the 5-6 hole and you have Segura, who's also a, a, a shortstop playing second base, able to get stuff. Wow. Three shortstops in the infield, Jack. Right, right. So, I mean, it could make Didi's job easier. So, as long as he can just make the routine plays, which he has pretty much so far this this spring, I don't think that like I I've kind of changed on the defense a little bit. Uh, like I think Schwarber's a better defender than Kutch is. Uh, I think Veerling is actually oh, really I definitely don't think better. Uh, no. no I, I think no. I think I think Schwarber is a much better defender than Kutch actually I don't think he's much better Dude, they, had to, they had to take Kutch off the field last year like yeah they, they're gonna they have to take Schwarber anymore. off the field at times this year I mean Schwarber is like talk about no range man like maybe he's better at at always catching it if it comes to him than McCutcheon was but and granted look McCutcheon last year did you know was gimpy and and wasn't great either but look I. First of all, I shouldn't say saying he's better than McCutcheon last year is not really saying anything. Uh, but also, I, like, don't try and sell us that Schwerber's a good defensive left fielder, even not. at average. He's a bad defensive left fielder. I think he's better than Kutch, which is not saying much, but whatever. Uh, yeah, sure. It's not like it's not like good. I just, you know, I, I think he's a better left fielder than Reese Hoskins was. I honestly believe that. There you I go. truly believe it. Bold take. Um, and then I think I think Veerling. You know, he played it at Notre Dame. He seems to move pretty well out there. Uh, he won't be able to run down every ball because, you know, whatever. But I don't think he'll be that bad. Uh, and then Stott at third base is just a massive, massive upgrade. So, um, and Reese at first is whatever. I, I hope he's good. But we'll see. So, I don't know. Maybe we're turning the corner there. Well, 
I don't know. We haven't started the season yet, so we can't be turning a corner. Technically. <laughs> technically. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, listen, we know the defense is a defense. It's just that Didi, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think last year was just a really, really bad year, a season from hell for him. And I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was last year. Look, I, I, it's unlikely he's as bad. I mean, that was as bad a season as a player. Ruben thinks he's going to be better. You can hear it. Yeah, um, Rube's really excited, I, excited for a bounce back DD. Rube's fired up, buddy. Rube's always been a big DD guy. He well, because he's Sir Ruben, so he appreciates that DD is also a Sir. I right. think that's what it is. Yeah. How does Ruben, how did Ruben become a Sir? Uh, Queen England, man, pretty crazy. Knighted him. Wow. Yeah. Has she ever yeah. has she ever knighted a dog before? Or is it just Ruben? Sir Ruben Seltzer? No, he's the first dog ever knighted by the Queen of England. Yeah, you should look it up. It's a pretty wild story. Did you go with yeah. Ruben? Yeah, yeah, I took him to England. We went to Buckingham Palace. She did the whole, you know, sword on each side thing, knight, and and then we, uh, you know, went to a pub, got a uh, a draft. Wow! Saw saw Big Ben, hopped on a plane, came home. It was pretty great. She was so moved by little Rube <laughs> that she knighted him. Yeah, yeah, she called him a warrior. Wow! He's a warrior. Yeah, wow. I know. That says a lot. I know. Well, good, for, good for Rube. I'm proud of him. Way to go, buddy. We love you. Congrats, pal. Don't mess with him, man. Don't mess with him. He's little, but he thinks he's big. So it's an important caveat there. Um, look, I don't think Didi could be possibly as bad as he was last year. Am I expecting big things? No, but no. honestly, honestly, to your point, the seven hitter, eight hitter, who knows where he's going to be. Like, all I want from Didi is make the plays you're supposed to make yes. towards. Like, I know you're not going to be like great. I know you don't have a ton of range. You're not going to be making, you know, you know, even plays that Ronald Torres might make on the days he's out there or whatever. But, like, just make the plays you're supposed to make. That's it. And I'm good. You know, maybe hit, like, uh, 15 to 20 homers to make the plays you're supposed to make. And I'll consider that a win. I really will. How about, know, that's where we're at with Dina. How about this for lowering expectations? 20, can they get lower? Two, what I just said? 230 average, 18 homers, yeah. 66 RBIs, and make the plays in front of you. How about that? I'll, I'll take I would, that. I would sign up for that right now. How sad is that? We are a pro DD podcast. Oh, he's our favorite player. That Always sounds like been. that sounds like a ringing endorsement for the year that DD's about. <laughs> yeah, to have. yeah, I know. Yeah, yep. I know. Hey, DD, prove us wrong, all right, pal? Yeah, maybe bad. You know, uh... Go ahead. Maybe bad two fifty. <laughs> I love that. Usually, one of us just jumps in. And I was like waiting. I'm like, I don't think he's going to talk there. I'm just or wait. I keep waiting. Was it worth it? That was good. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. It really wasn't. And now I don't remember. Oh, I was going to make some sort of joke about you influencing some him somehow. Like, don't worry, just because we're on your your side now, Jack's not going to ruin your season with his influence. But yes, I won't. Work. I won't mush Didi any lower than his two thirty <laughs> average and eighteen homers. Can he get mushed any lower? Is that possible? By the way, I do have. Uh, we talked a lot of Bryson's out earlier. I'm saving a uh, scorching. Bryson Stott take for you for the end of the pod. I just want you to know that at a time so you're ready for it when it comes. All okay? Right. I don't know if I I'll try to outscorch you, by the way. No, oh, I hope it's not the same. All right, we'll get to the take bag in a sec. Any uh one other couple other things. Um news of the day, people losing their minds. J roll. You excited? Uh, I am excited. I guess I just want to know what it is, you know? Um like I, I, ceremonial. I, I mean, right? Yeah, but I don't know. Like I would I, I like having fun. Honestly, this is something the Dodgers do really well. And I think I mentioned that when they uh, hired Howie Kendrick was that like they always 
they always had X players around, I feel like, with the Dodgers. I mean, X, like, actually decent players. You know, Gabe was around. Uh, Utley's there. Dave Roberts, obviously. There's one other guy I'm forgetting that they had in the minor leagues that was an X player. But it's just having having smart baseball minds around, having guys that have won. You know, maybe J-Roll. No, maybe, I mean, listen, if I was J-Roll, I'd come out right now and say this team, this is the team to beat. Um, <laughs> that would be my first uh, role as special advisor to the president of baseball operations. I guess for me, like, if Dave Dabrowski wants Jimmy Rollins to be closer to the front office, I'll take it. Like, <laughs> that shows me something. So, um, sure, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what the real role is, and hopefully it's hopefully it's you know, using them in, in capacities that make the, the Phillies smarter. Hopefully it's not just ceremonial. Hopefully it's real. And uh, we can, you know, get some more legends back here. Maybe get maybe get Chase back from the West Coast. I mean, he's oh, it, starting to be a little too dodgery for me. Come yeah, on, Chase. Dodger. It's enough. It's enough already. I hate it. My take on the Rollins thing is, is very simple. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not bring someone in who literally everyone in this city loves? And to your point, someone who has won at eye level, who understands the dynamics, understands what a winning team looks like, understands what a good player looks like and all that. So, And, and is a smart, smart guy. Like, we've yep. heard Jimmy do games. We've heard him talk. Like, he's a bright guy. So. And loves Philly. Like, he – I mean, loves Philly, yeah, absolutely. He, and the, he, know, he knows how the city works, knows how the city operates, knows, you know, what the fans like. You know, he's very open and honest about, um, you know, how the fans kind of operate here. So – I think it's, I think it's good. You know, he's, he's a good guy to have around the office. He'll bring good vibes. I, again, I don't know what the role is, but I'm glad Jay rolls uh, with the organization. All right. One more thing. And I've, I've got some other stuff, but I'm guessing you're going to get to in the take bag. So I'll just ask one more and then we'll get to the take bag. Mm-hmm. Um, our guy, you're all concerned about Brogdon velocity's dipped. Hasn't had a good spring at all. Um, are we at all concerned about Connor? Yeah. I mean, I am. Uh, now I don't think it's injury related. I think it's, he didn't pick up a baseball all winter and he's just kind of ramping up now, which seems like a mistake. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, a bit of a mistake in Connor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely uh, worried from the standpoint of like, I guess he's not going to be a dominant eighth inning guy this year. Uh, you know, I, I hope that as the season goes on, the velocity ticks back up to, you know, 97 to 100, which is what I expected with the wipeout changeup. So um, I'm definitely concerned for the beginning of the season. And if he's still throwing 93 in June, June 1st, then I'll be very, very concerned. Uh, but hopefully the velocity continues to tick up. But if I'm expecting Connor Brogdon from day one to be a dominant reliever for this team, I will say I am very concerned about that. All right, uh, take back. Okay, let's. All right, let's do it. Um, I'm, 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 Kyle Gibson. So, oh, I like this. This is we're about to get pitching deep, folks. Jack is hard. What he's about to say, I got. I got this exact speech in my studio during my show the other day. Jack, the floor is yours. Let's nerd it up. I am not a big fan. I wish, real quick, I wish people could see the the hand signals that you did to me. You know, the angles and the you know curvatures and all that. It really did help. But I anyway, know. well, I was good. trying to explain the tunneling and how it looks to a batter, and you know, you kind of like you kind of glazed. You know, you kind of look, you kind of glossed over. Like you, <laughs> you almost, you almost passed out. Like you yeah, almost, I'm, I'm producing my show right now. Like, what are we doing? You almost. Yeah, well, first off, that's a lie. That was the end of your show. You're walking out of the studio. Don't peg me as that guy. 
And no, it was in my suit. It was in my suit, but I think it was during commercial breaks. So no, so don't peg me as that guy. The guy who comes in to tell me <laughs> his top five, like during my show, every single day. Go ahead. <laughs> I might do it more just to see if I can get the camera. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's the best for the inside baseball. <laughs> Like Joe will always like Jack will be in talking to me and like literally like as Jack and I joke about my job is to be ready to go on air when I have to go on air and Joe if he sees Jack in there he always like bugs out for yeah. some reason that I'm like not paying attention to Joe and always like be ready to go on air be ready to go on air and Jack and I look at each other I'm like bro I'm always ready man like I'm always ready Don't I got worry. it I got it kiddo um <laughs> so my thing with Gibson is like. The I, I don't like his curveball. I guess if he I don't he doesn't have to ditch it. I just it's not an out pitch. It's a it's an OO. His curveball is an OO out of, out of the park pitch. It's not a good pitch. I, I I think it. But here's the thing. Here's where I would use it. I would use it OO and I would use it two O to get back into a get back into account. So it's like he, he threw it a couple times the other day as trying to get outs and it's just so. Where he's, he, I think he's developed a split changeup. I think it's technically quantified as a changeup on like Savant and stuff, but I think it's a split changeup because it has splitter movement to it. But just from a hitter's perspective, he throws that two seamer. We well, should throw his two seamer, the two seamer slash sinker that is coming into righties. He's throwing a splitter that is falling off to righties. So it's like the same, it's the same pitch. It's just one's falling more than the other. And then he's developed a cutter, which I freaking love, that starts in the same plane, comes out of his hand like a fastball, but then goes the opposite direction. Like those three pitches are hard to barrel up. I think I, I think this is why I was excited. Well, this is a little different. Never mind. It's not it's not the same as Hector last year. But the curveball comes out of hand and it has a completely different look. And hitters know where that pitch is going to end up. They know that that's going away from you. So I just think that his plan for for a good Kyle Gibson year and man, like given the given the the injury concerns I have about this rotation and and given the fact that Kyle Gibson has been known to take down a ton of innings, I need him to be good innings. Like I don't need him to be Vinny innings. I need them to be good innings or or Arietta innings, which I don't think he will be. But his plan of attack to me needs to be two seam sinker, split change, cutter. And then a get me over breaking ball. I don't want to see the breaking ball used uh, it, trying to get outs. It's a it's a get me over. Oh oh, get ahead in the count attack. It's a two oh. I'm behind the count. Let me get a curveball in there and get back into this about at bat. So uh, I just didn't like that. And I thought that like that split changeup he threw in the first inning was disgusting. So I need more of that in my life. More sinkers, more cutters, no more curveballs. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? Was that right? That... Oh, that was great. I thought you did a really good job. Thank it you. made sense. The hand signals, you know, made it even better. It was really good. Though. I was doing them in my studio. I knew you were. I could hear you like in my mind mentally doing it. Yeah, that's great. That's how my stuff used it, to move. It was great. I thought it was I thought it was strong. Yes. Uh realistically, realistically, like Gibson was a five year pitcher until Ugh. his last year or whatever. Like what? What's the best case for Kyle Gibson? Because like I think the first few months with Texas last year was a real you know aberration as well compared to the rest of his career. What do you think is realistic? What can Kyle Gibson be for this team? I would say three five to four ERA. Yeah, I think I think if he's three five, you're, you're oh three five. We're, we're, we're throwing a parade yeah. literally and figuratively. Yeah, we're parading down Broad Street. Um, I'm expecting a four. 
Bauer. Bauer. Okay. I think that's a fair expectation. If you can give me four a four ERA and six and a half innings per start, I'll take it. Like he's a number yeah, four ERA and like one eighty innings or something. Like that's that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, spe- maybe more. Speaking of pitching, want to keep just run through the rotation at this point. Uh, Zach Eflin. <laughs> Just how about it, dear? Ba- didn't even know if he'd be pitching in spring training. It looks unhittable. Dear baseball gods, I'm coming to you from a guy who hasn't watched you know playoff baseball in in 11 years. Please let Zach Eflin stay healthy. Like, let the knees go for a year. Give me a healthy Zach Eflin just to see what this guy can do. Don't let him get the heavy body or whatever it was a couple years ago. Give me a healthy Eflin year because his stuff. It's just, it's a combination of really good stuff, really good location, and getting better. Like, he was, both sides of the plate today with this fastball was was great. Changeup looks like it has more depth to it. And the pitch that is going to be the one that is going to take a massive step forward this year, started throwing it last year. To me, he has added more depth to it this year, is that curveball. Like, last year was more of a sweeper. A couple of the ones he threw today, like, just, had more 12-6 motion to it. And that's just, it, it's, it's, it was a disgusting pitch. I was never a big Eflin curveball guy, but the couple curves I saw today looked like they had more depth to them. And it is a, it is a tough at bat. So dear baseball gods, give me a healthy Eflin year. I need it because there is all-star potential from Zach Eflin. Also something, you know, hasn't been brought up much, but Contract season for Zach mm-hmm. Eflin. I mean, this is a season for Zach Eflin has a real chance to, you know, just had a kid, all that stuff, like set up himself and his family for the future in a massive, massive way. Like if he has a really good year this year, I mean, you know, it could be the difference between a, you know, a, a $60 million contract and a $40 million or an 80 and a 40 or whatever it ends up being, depending on how great he is. Like it's a really big deal for Zach Eflin, if he can come out and be dominant this year. Also, like, one of the nicest guys in the world, so... Well, the, maybe the nicest. Like, in the, like just a sweetheart of a guy. And we had this, like, where we... Where I think Mick said it. We've had multiple people on the podcast and people on the radio have said this, too, where it's, like, one of those questions, like, who's the best guy on the team? I think we asked Mick, who would you let babysit your kids if you had kids? And, like, the answer is always Zach Eflin, like, to a man. So, I'm with you. Yeah, really, really rooting for him. Um, And just... Stuff plays, man, and it's uh, it's. I think he could be really, really good as long as the, the everything goes right this year. So, uh, Aaron Nola, I just, I always get asked about him. Uh, so it's not a great start. You can already tell, like yeah. when you know Jack Fritz, when he goes, Aaron Nola, I just, I get at, like, I already know, not good, <laughs> <laughs> I, not good. I already know. I, it's just, I just don't, I just don't trust him. I guess that's my main thing. I, I think he could. Be, I just, I don't. I see all these freaking articles. Oh my god, I, I'm gonna lose my mind with the whole oh Wolves peripherals and he has good strikeout numbers. It's like, can you just close the close the spreadsheet, take the Savant off or whatever, and watch an Aaron Nola start and tell me he's gonna have a breakout year? Like, it's just it's so frustrating. And right now it is the same crap. That, well. Not one of them is not the same thing, but it's it's the it's the O two putaways. He just he can't put guys away right now, and it's the home runs and those two things. Now we, un, luckily for him so far, it's been a lot of solo home runs. Which honestly, if it comes down to it, give me a give me thirty seven solo home runs and don't give me the backbreaking innings. Like I I'll take that from from Aaron Nola, but you know it's just I just I can't 
I would love to buy back in. I really would. I, I would love to be all in on an Aaron Nola. Get me back to not even 2018 form, like 2019 form. I just can't get there because it's it just feels like the same stuff. It keeps happening where it's like, oh, my God, he looks great. And honestly, the fastball looks really good to me. He's hitting both sides of the plate. He's he's finally getting back to being able to hit the outside corner, which he didn't, wasn't able to do last year. I think that's a really good sign for for hopefully getting him back on track. But it's just whenever you start to buy back in, bang, there's a solo homer. And, the, you know, then there's another home run. It's just homer after homer after homer. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, I need you to I need you to get it back. So um, I am I'm cautiously optimistic on on Aaron Nola, But I am I'm just I can't trust him again. I, I need to see it more than I'm buying into it. Yeah, I'm cautiously pessimistic with it. No, that's right. I mean, you know, I just, I don't have much faith and I know he's got nasty stuff and I know that on certain days he's going to look awesome. We're going to have 12 strikeout games and stuff like that and be like, Hey, he's back. But like, ultimately I think it's going to be up and down. And I think that when the games matter most, I'm going to have zero faith that he's going to go out and give me a good start. And that's, you know, until I see it, it's going to be frustrating. Yeah, so, but now on the positive side, I do think it's fastball. Remember playoff Nola? I know. Remember the dream? What a dream that was. What a absurd, silly little dream that was. Anyway, go ahead. Well, playoff Nola has shifted to playoff Ranger. Playoff Wheeler. Oh, no. playoff Ranger. Come on. Oh, I like that even better. Forgot you brought that up at the end of last week. Give playoff me, Ranger give me, is strong. Give me playoff I mean, Ranger. Yeah, I mean, ice in his veins, literally. Like, that's a cliche. But, like, Ranger actually has ice melt oh. in his veins. So it's, like, a real thing. Yeah, Ranger season last year was I just, I Like, if you take his temperature, it's, like, negative 10 degrees Celsius. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what he, I think he's starting tomorrow. So I'm excited to see, um, you know. I think negative 10 degrees Celsius is, like, really, 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 really cold. Let's go negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit. How about that? <laughs> All right. What do, you, what do you think? What do you think? I, I, I want to make sure he's alive. But you know, <laughs> well, in either case, he would not be, would not so. be alive. Well, what yeah. our body temperature is supposed to be it is 98.6 degrees right. Fahrenheit. So, yes. you, yes. you so we're talking that, about negative 10 Fahrenheit Celsius lower than Fahrenheit in right. that case. So, so yeah. that would seem like yeah, a, he probably wouldn't make it, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, up in the air, but probably. Well, you never know. I mean, modern science. <laughs> True. Yeah, you're right, man. It's amazing what they can I do. I feel like days. 98.6 is a pretty high temperature to consistently have. Yeah, well, it seems like it's gotten lower lately. I feel like people are usually like 96, 97 range or whatever. Well, what, about, what, are, what about when the fills are hot? Oh, buddy! I just feel like 98.6, when I, when I walk around with 98-degree weather, I can feel it. And the fact that my body is always that, I don't know. I think I, personally, if I was deciding, I would choose the lower body temperature, like maybe in the cool seventies. See, we're making a classic high hopes podcast mistake right now and venturing into the world of science. Yeah. This is always bad. It never yields good results. We should move on. Uh, <laughs> we should but, have a stop. Not because we believe in it. We think science is the best, but we should have a staunch, we're not allowed to give our opinions on science on the podcast yes. policy. Also, I, yeah. also, we're just joking. Relax. 
Anyway. Yes! Just joking, guys. Just, <laughs> just, joking. just joking. But I mean, 98 <laughs> points. Ninety-eight point six is per anyway. Um, so uh what else was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, so Nola You're uh, the one with the take back in front of you, buddy. I know, pal. I was in Clearwater this week. That was exciting. Oh, I know. I forgot to ask. How was it? Clearwater was great. It's always nice being down there. And Oh, I wouldn't know. But I'm sure it's great. Thanks, buddy. Just rot needling it in there. Got it. <laughs> As a guy that goes every year now, it really is. Oh my god! <laughs> it really yeah. is. Just shoot me right now. It's it nice. Are we done? Is this the end of the bit? Are we done with the take back yet? I need to know. I mean, it's just—it's always eighty. You know the. Oh, buddy. So much water and and water around in boats. If you're a baseball fan. You just have to get down the clear water. Yeah, I know. Which is which is a worse look for the podcast. This is being semi facetious, so don't get too offended. But <laughs> okay, good, great. Which is a worse look for the podcast? Me never going to a playoff game during the entire run, or you never going to Clearwater? Yeah, they're they're both horrendous. Honestly, they are both horrendous. Yeah, uh, I don't know what's worse. I really don't. I really don't. They're both in their own way. I think honestly, like not to you know say the one that isn't me. I think you, because you're here, like we live here, yes, and there yes, are yes. a bunch, a bunch of playoff games during that run. So I think that's probably worse, but I, I don't want to like take away from how bad it is that I've never gone. I mean, you are 40. Boring. You are 40 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 40. Yeah. I should have gone to Clearwater. I know. Thanks. I just think this is starting to show cool. more and more how you were born in New York. Maybe. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Are we done yet? Is this pod still happening? Are we just shutting this down? You do, got anything else? Do you want me to do my top five after your little stock take? Or? Oh, fine. Yes, I do. You know, the floor's mine. Right That's now. right. We talk about Bryson Stott, the one who I've always been in on, and I said was going to be great. Mm. Here's my Bryson Stott take. It'll, you know, put your little trash takes to walk, you know, to out the door. Ready? Yeah. Bryson Stott's winning the rookie of the year. Let's go! Uh, I love it. Nick's only plus 5,200, though, so maybe we'll have co-rookie of the years. <laughs> yes, I know the odds. Is he really? I'm, I, like, that's a real thing? Yes. There are odds for Mick to win rookie of the year? Still has rookie eligibility, pal. Wow. No, I knew he still had rookie eligibility. I just didn't I didn't think, no offense, Mick, I didn't think they made odds that deep. Like, I didn't think they were that deep with the odds. Wow. So. Wow, you're not behind the why not Mick. It's because uh, he's underrated, that. not Mick's fault. It's because people underrate him. It's not his fault, you know? Exactly right. Uh, let's yeah, see. exactly. So that's your stat take. Here's my stat take. I don't like that he wears number 73. I think they should let Bryson Stott wear number 11. Okay, hold on one second. First and foremost... Is like seventy three his like in season number? No, no, it won't. Okay, if, he make, if he makes the big, well, I was when like, he, when I he was makes like, the big he, if he wears if he wears number seventy three during the season, like he's an all time bust and we're screwed and it's never gonna work out. No, he is not gonna be wearing number. Uh, I think, I think five is what he wore in Reading. I just can't believe it. So you're saying now that Jimmy's a part of the yes. organization, go to Jimmy. And say, hey, pal, rising. Nice career. I know we might retire this someday, but you know, for now, let's let him play. Which is a better, which is the more outlandish, <laughs> which is the more outlandish take? Letting Bryson Sawyer number eleven, or he's going to bat four hundred in the season? 
What do you think, Jack? Probably bat 400 Shock- this season. Shockingly, yes. I was going to say, <laughs> it's so funny because when you set that up, I was – uh, so I thought you were going to say that my rookie of the year take, and I was going to say wearing 11 is like way more ridiculous than him winning rookie of the year. I, I, but I didn't know what it was going to be, but I was a hundred percent ready to say that the number 11 take was more ridiculous. And then you reminded me of the 400. Yeah. It's been, it's been a long, it's been a long Bryson stop podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long, but you know what? That's exciting. It it's is exciting. exciting to have a guy like him. I'm pumped. Um, I'm just kidding. Should definitely be allowed to wear number six. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I think he won. I think 26. Give it 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give 26, 34, 35, <laughs> all that. No, I'm just kidding. So I think, uh, no, but I think he... number 20 taken. I think third base 20. That sounds like he could be really good. Yep. Really good. Best number 20 in Philly's history. Bryson. <laughs> First pick in the all-time Phillies draft, I will take Bryson Stott. Thank you very much. That is not buying into the hype. That is not at all. But I think five... we, we never arrive, guys. No, though. we're always very measured and very real with these things. So. As long as it's not seventy-three, I'll be happy. How about that? Love it. Agree. <laughs> yeah, don't wear seventy-three. That's it. Just indicting your whole career. He won't. Know. He won't. He won't. You know, offensive lineman. I mean, come on. Right, left tackle. Left tackle, Bryson. It could be. It's a good name for it. Yeah. Um, all right. You ready for a top five? I, I've been waiting the whole show. That's why I'm here. I literally only show up to your top fives. Top five ways the High Hopes podcast has helped the Phillies. Oh, man. Okay. Can't wait. <laughs> Number five is from day one. Dave Dombrowski was our guy. Oh, great point. Like from the moment he got hired. Well, not even always. not even that, James. We told him all offseason long, go get Dave Dombrowski. Like yeah, do whatever said, it takes. That's the guy we want. Yeah, do it. Yeah, exactly. There was no one else we wanted really. It was like Dombrowski or bust. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think that was the hashtag we used. Dombrowski or bust. I believe one of us said on this podcast we'd rather have Dave Dombrowski than Eric Neander. Yeah, that was you, buddy. It was a really, it was a really impressive. You said it. I remember it vividly. It was a surprising take, but I thought a great one. Thank you. Uh, the fourth yeah. way that we have, <laughs> the fourth way that we have helped the Phillies is, I don't know, James. For three years, we were screaming, "Hey, let's just get guys that throw hard and give them a chance." Well, now that's all they do. You know, like I watched. I was excited about Dylan Mabels and I saw him throw today, and it's like, wow, he has no idea where the ball is going, but like his spin rate's three thousand RPMs on the slider, and it's like. Yeah, still fun. Uh, and the Norwood guy they picked off waivers from the Padres was like 100 with sinking movement. It's like, yeah, thank you. Get me more guys that throw hard and 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 let it and, and, and let them hopefully figure it out here. Like, But seriously, you know, I look at the bullpen now and like even if these guys go down and, and I know Coonrod's hurt and possibly Brogdon and, and stuff like that, you know, I've liked what I've seen from Nick Nelson so far this offseason or so far in spring training. I don't think he's unbelievable. But the fact that we're finally having guys that come up and then it's like 96 with a with a, a great changeup and a good feel for a breaking ball or Ryan Sheriff, which is a tough look from the left side. Like they actually have options they can bring up to put in that bullpen that aren't disasters. Now, the rotation is a different story. I mean, having to bring up Hans Kraus or yeah, I actually like Chris Sanchez a little bit. I like Falter, but I just, there's not great rotation depth past those three. Um, so, but the bullpen, even if guys go down, I just think there's more guys with stuff out there. So that has me excited. Uh, I do like that you went Chris Sanchez there. That was good. He is Chris. Like you're like, just, well, it's Christopher. I, but I like it. 
I've never called like, any it's of like my your buddies. Well, but I've never called any of my friends named Christopher. Uh, Christopher. Like, I right, call him Chris. because usually they go by Chris. But when the you know telecast calls him Christopher, maybe he wants to go by Christopher. You know what I'm saying? We were hanging out. We were hanging out in Clearwater. He's Christopher. Oh, I should have known. My <laughs> bad. Your buddy. My bad. All right, uh, what's number three? Number three is for years. Again, we begged them to hire a raised guy, and they did in Ani Columbus. So, once again, you're welcome, Phillies. It's what we do. Go hire a raised guy. They did, and he's going to be a superstar. Uh, the number two... Uh, he's, he already is a superstar. People will know he's a superstar. Yes, because of this podcast. And number two, we got Bryce Harper here. Like, that's obviously... I, I thought it was going to be number one. Wow, I'm now I'm genuinely excited for number one. I thought that was a lot to be number one. It's usually how the top... Yes. It's usually how the top yeah, five you're welcome. works, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we got and Bryce... Bryce knows about that, too. Makes it very clear the only reason he came, because of Lent. Correct. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, anything else we can do for the Phillies, we'll do it. And obviously, the number one thing that we have done for the hot, for the Phillies is sell them on Mickey Moniak. Why not? Make- <laughs> Breakout season coming. Um, it is officially go time. I like Matt Veerling a lot, but let's go, Mick. Hashtag, why not, Mick? All right, real quick. Yes. I'm just because I have to because this is simply you. I'm going to give you a hypothetical. You have only these two choices, and that is it. Choice A, the Phillies make the playoffs this year. Mick doesn't have a great season. Okay. Choice B, Mick breaks out and is a legitimate all-star type mm. player. But the Phillies don't make the playoffs, which you think? <sighs> That's a really tough question. I know it is. As soon as I thought of it. Well, because I was going to bring, I meant to bring this up. Like, he's so far and away my favorite player. Like, oh, me too. <laughs> I mean, again, do we need to say it again? The guy wore our shirt. He's yes. easily my favorite. No one's even close. No one's a mixed hemisphere. I reluctantly say I will take them making the playoffs, but I a, a breakout Mickey season would be incredible. You could argue that a breakout Mickey season is more important for the future of the franchise than just making the playoffs this year. You could argue it. You just could, say. but also Johan Roas is like a year old. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So, so yes, it's uh listen, it's it's been a fun pod, buddy. It's good to be really, really back. This hey, time I'm like I'm really excited. Like I feel like the history of this pod has been a lot of you being excited and me like reining you in. I'm excited that we could both be excited right now. Like this is this is really cool, man. I'm like this is easily the most excited I've been about the Phillies in a decade. It's a it's a really awesome feeling. Like I see to your point you made at the beginning of the pod, like my number one thing I feel right now is let's go. Like I want this week to disappear. Like, is it next Friday yet? Like I just want the season to start. I want to be staying up late into the night watching 10-6 ball games, watching balls fly out of Citizens Bank Park. Like I need it. I want it so bad, Jack. I'm ready to roll, man. Yeah, and I I need the ballpark to be like the wheeler um, oh. Mets start all over again. I need that. Cat. Need that. That's so, fun. yeah, I this time next week we'll be all giddied up for a Phil's uh, Phil's home opener against the A's. Oh, buddy, the next time we do, we're at like the eve of the season. I know. And uh, we'll let you know again where we'll, where exactly we'll be. Yes. 
You want to yes. come by, hang out before going into the game. Um, Seltzer and I will be there. Not sure. And and also, if you don't get a chance to listen to the pod, which, I mean, who am I kidding? If you don't listen to the pod the night of or the morning what of. What are we day, even doing like, here? Why yes. are we even here? But let's say you don't. Uh, we will tweet out from the High Hopes account on Twitter where we'll be and stuff, too. Yes. And hopefully. We and by have, we, I mean Jack. Obviously. Hopefully we can have beers. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> it's an important part of this, I think. Beers are always um, important, yes. Yeah, they are, especially for us. It's what we do. Um, all right, you got any final thoughts, Fritzy? Not really. I really don't. Just every day. Waking you left up. it all in the field. You I really did. I really yeah. did. I never, I'm never prepared for the final thoughts. I gotta be honest. We've done. Well, it's you got a take back. It's not fair. Your take back is like 15 final thoughts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I'm never fully prepared for the final thoughts. Sometimes I can put something together really quickly. Uh, today I can't. So listen, that's on me. But my final thought is, why not Nick? It's a great final thought. My final thought, everyone. Uh, even though by the time you listen to this, it might be over. But if you're someone who listens right away then I will be doing my fantasy baseball draft while you're listening. Send out good vibes for me. I could go for a win this year. I've been dominant in this league. I need another victory. I need a title. I've got like four of them. I got to win more, Jack. I own this league. But last year, I had the second best record, and I lost in the playoffs. So mm. it's not going to cut it. Yeah, it's not gonna well, cut. I'm in a league where I've won the regular season four out of five years. And Have you really? Yeah, and I've lost in the freaking championship two out of the last three, I think. Yeah, that's how fantasy baseball goes, baby. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, just draft. Part- I think it's way more impressive to win a regular season so than it is to win. So do I. It's not even. It's not even close. Yes, in it's infuriating. So I'm officially the Peyton Manning of fantasy baseball, and my only advice to anyone out there that plays is draft Carlos Rodon because he is going to win the Cy Young. Okay, I might wait an hour to post this pod so no one in my league can hear that advice. <laughs> Pete Seltzer, Pete Seltzer, you got my number. I'll give you all the advice to beat Seltzer or the, this Seltzer, if that works. <laughs> Seltzer on Seltzer Crime! That's what we do, pal. All right, we'll be back next week on the eve of the Philly season. Let's put some Seltzer away. <laughs>